This story contains themes of violence, murder, and coercive control. Please take care while listening. I stabbed him. He's an aggressive bully and nasty, and I've had enough. Hey, my name is Leanne, and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Crime with a Military Wife, a podcast where I share my interest of true crime and also share my life as a military spouse and talk to other individuals from the military community of the pros and cons of the lifestyle in which we live. I hope everyone is doing well and keeping warm. Winter is almost over here in Canada and it's getting dark later too so that's always exciting so i'm going to be bringing you guys back to only a couple of years ago on the eve of valentine's day on february 13th in somerset united kingdom a man david jackson who was a retired army lieutenant colonel called 999 which is the 911 version but in the uk and told the operator that his wife of 24 years, Penny Jackson, had just attacked him with a knife and needed police to come ASAP. All right, so let's get into it, shall we? Even though February is almost over, it's still February, and it's considered the month of love, right? Or it's supposed to be. Well, the story I'm going to be telling you guys today may not reflect that type of love that's supposed to be in the air. I'm going to be telling you guys the story of Penny Jackson and the murder of her husband, David Jackson, also known as the Bubble and Squeak murder. While still on the phone, David was allegedly heard screaming in pain as he was stabbed once again by his wife. Penny took over the phone and told the operator, quote, I've killed my husband, or I tried to, because I've had enough. I thought I'd get his heart, but he hasn't got one, end quote. Penny went on to explain to the 999 operator that there was an argument that ensued that evening over the fact that she had served Bubble and Squeak for dinner. For those of you who don't know, I didn't know, but Bubble and Squeak is champagne and lobster. I personally love lobster. My partner told me that I've ruined cream of lobster for him since we've had it too often before. It's so good though. It's cream, butter, garlic, pieces or chunks of lobster all mixed together, boiling on the stove, and then you have two pieces of bread, put butter on it, and then put that hot lobster in between those two pieces of bread, and then put some on top. Mm. It's super good. And usually we serve it with fries. Doesn't that sound amazing? Anyways, back to Penny and David. So Penny said that their meal of bubble and squeak was for her birthday. And it was a gourmet meal that their daughter had bought for them. But apparently David was dismissive of the idea. Penny went on to say that when David erupted into insults over the meal, he said that the special occasion was ruined. Police officers arrived at the couple's home where they found David bleeding to death in the kitchen. Not long after, the paramedics arrived at the scene. 
and despite their efforts to attempt David, their paramedics could not save him, and he was then pronounced dead at the scene. The following audio clip is of Penny Jackson's arrest and when the police got there. Hey, madam, do you want to just step outside for me a minute? Can you, can you come outside? Yes. Thank you. He's on the kitchen floor. Okay, at this moment in time, okay, if you just listen to my colleague. Um, under arrest suspicion of attempt murder, mate. Under arrest yeah, suspicion of attempt murder. And you do not have to say anything, but really it, it may harm your defence. You do not mention when questioned anything you're later relying on court. Anything you do say may be given in evidence. Um, I'll go in and see what they do. Yeah. Could I get my coat? Just bear yes. with me two seconds. In there. Right. I admit it all. Alright. Just get them. Alright, I want to go in. Alright. No, so, he's on the kitchen yeah. floor. Can someone just stay with Devon while I go in? There's nothing nasty. And I'm certainly not. not my coat's in the... Yeah, just Ow, wait two seconds. Alright, you okay? You alright? It was only luck, right. you'll be too late. Alright. What's your name, Anna? Uh, well, I'm called Penny, but Penelope Jackson. Where do you live here? Uh... Do you do live here? Yes. Can I get my coat? We'll get you right, coat get the ambulance in, pronto. We need oh, CPR. No, 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 please don't. Should we stab Duma a bit more? Yeah. Yeah. Can I get my coat? Get the ambulance in, pronto. We need CPR. No, no, no. Please don't. Yeah, we need the ambulance So as you just heard from that audio, Penny was immediately placed under arrest and put in handcuffs. She readily admitted to manslaughter, but then denied that she had murdered her husband, David. She wrote a note, which was some sort of confession, and it's a little blurry from the image that I found, but I'm going to post a picture of it on Facebook and Instagram. It said, quote, To whom it may concern, I have taken so much abuse over the years. Look at my records in Horford. But he was a good daddy. And the rest I can't really make out. She also claimed that she had endured years of coercive control, and physically abusive behavior at the hands of her husband. For those of you who don't know what coercive control is, it's an act or a pattern of assaults, threats, humiliation, intimidation, or other form of abuse that's used to harm, punish, or frighten their victim. This controlling behavior is designed to make a person dependent by isolating them from any supports, exploiting them, depriving them of independence, and regulating their everyday behavior. Examples of coercive control includes isolating you from friends or family, monitoring you via online communication tools or spyware, taking control of your everyday life, where you can go and how long you can be there for, depriving you 
of access to support such as medical services and repeatedly putting you down like saying you're worthless. According to Penny, David had controlled every aspect of her life. She said that he, quote, prevented me from interacting with any of my friends and even decided what I could watch on television. She further explained to the police that David forced her into sex, but she was too afraid and too ashamed to leave him. Penny reflected on how she struggled with being stuck at home with her husband during lockdown when COVID-19 had struck out, and she had visited a doctor several times to discuss her drinking. She said, quote, I was there all the time, but there is no escape. Penny was then ordered to stand trial for the murder of her husband. There were no denials that Penny had used the weapon to take David's life, but the jury needed to decide whether his alleged behavior towards his wife over their marriage had resulted in her, quote, losing control that night. Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but I just wanted to take a couple minutes of your time to let you know that if you were to go rate, review, and subscribe, coffee and crime with a military wife it helps me a lot this way you're notified when a new episode comes out and my audience grows so it's a win-win situation and honestly i can't do this without you guys thanks and back to the show during penny's trial the testimony focused on the events leading up to david's murder Earlier in the evening, their daughter, Isabel, had purchased them a meal of lobster, steak, and champagne, which also known as bubble and squeak, for Penny's birthday. Due to COVID regulations at the time, they decided they would all sit down on Zoom to eat the meal. Penny had served the meal alongside bubble and squeak. But this event led to an argument that broke out before the Zoom call even ended. The argument only continued into the night. The daughter, Isabel, received a text message from Penny, which read, quote, If it all goes to tits, you have this message. I love you to the end of the earth. End quote. Afterwards, Isabel called her mother to ask whether she was okay, which Penny confirmed that she was. However, late that night, Penny grabbed a kitchen knife and took it into the bedroom. During the court proceedings, Penny told the jury, quote, I wanted him to say, I'm sorry, Pen, but he didn't. He just said, for God's sakes, you are so pathetic. She said that at this moment, she lost it and had stabbed David once. While the injury at the time was not fatal, David had managed to then call 911. According to Penny, David had provoked her while calling for help and telling her that she, quote, hadn't been able to do the stabbing right, end quote. Penny then said she responded by stabbing him two more times, which resulted in killing him. The daughter, Isabel, testified during the trial and offering an insight into their parents' tumultuous marriage. She went on to say how David was her mother's fourth husband, and that her mother left her first husband when he became abusive. Isabel's husband, Tom, described David as, quote, a proud and traditional man who didn't like to show his emotions. 
Penny ended up finding love again, but her second husband then came out as gay, allegedly. And then the marriage ended up dissolving. She was then married for a third time, but her third husband took his own life when he discovered that she was having an affair with David, who would become her fourth husband. While Isabel's biological father was Penny's third husband, Penny had raised her from birth and later adopted her. During the court proceedings, the testimony then turned to the abuse allegations. Isabel detailed three incidents of extreme aggression from David against her mother that these took place somewhere between 1997 and 1998. She said that on one occasion, David had pushed Penny against a wall and recalled, quote, After that, my mom packed two suitcases and we went to stay in a hotel that night. She said we were leaving, end quote. Just that following day, however, Penny and Isabel had returned home. On another occasion, Isabel described how David pulled out a knife and threatened her mother. However, Isabel admitted that in her mother's and David's retirement years, they appeared to be happy and in love, and that they enjoyed many shared interests, including traveling and cruises. Penny's defense team presented some evidence that they said backed up her claims of abuse. For example, apparently in December 2020, Penny called the police after an argument with David ensued over a remote control. She had locked him in the controversy. She had locked him in the conservatory where she was armed with a fireplace poker. An examination of her internet history revealed that later in the evening she had researched domestic violence refuges. Penny's defense team also presented a number of text messages from the preceding years. In 2018, Penny had texted David saying, quote, You frighten me. I cannot grow old like this. Another text later in that year read, quote, I love you, but I can no longer cope. Professor Jane Moncton Smith, a criminologist, a criminologist specializing in abusive relationships, told The Guardian there was clear evidence of coercive control in Jackson's case, but that in the past, but that in the past there had been problems with the concept, a complex umbrella term encompassing. Professor Jane Moncton Smith, a criminologist specializing in abusive relationships, told The Guardian that there was clear evidence of coercive control in Jackson's case, but that in the past there had been problems with the concept, which is a complex umbrella term encompassing multiple types of abuse and being poorly communicated to jurors. She says, quote, Victims can get to the stage where they think, I've got to leave, and the only way is to kill this person. Or sometimes they think, I'm actually so traumatized by all of this now that I'd rather take the consequences of killing this person than carry on as I am. 
She said that there's definitely concern among professionals that sentencing for women who kill abusive partners seem to be more harsh than for men who kill their partners who are trying to leave them. So after deliberating for more than 10 hours, which is quite a long time, for Penny's case, a jury consisting of eight women and four men had found Penny Jackson guilty of the murder of her husband, David Jackson. A sentencing phase was to follow, and victim impact statements were presented by members of the family, which only highlighted their grief over the confronting murder case. For those of you who don't know what a victim impact statement is, it's a statement that comes from a victim of crime that describes their physical and emotional harm, property damage, or economic loss that they have suffered as the victim of an offense. This can be amazing for the victim, yet traumatizing as well. So a victim of a crime has the right to present their victim impact statement via themselves out loud, in the courtroom, alone, have a support person close by when they read their victim impact statement, or they also have the option to read their statement behind a screen or outside the courtroom by a closed circuit television. Isabel shared her grief over the loss of not only her father, but her mother as well. She stated, quote, I had not only lost my dad, but I had lost my mom too. My life was changed forever. I lost the man that I looked up to and loved. I have lost the man that was always there for me, no matter what. David's allegedly estranged daughter, Jane Calverly, went on to the stand to accuse Penny of being the abusive one in the marriage, not David. She said to the courtroom that her father would have been much too proud to ask for help and admit that he was being abused by his wife. Penny Jackson was sentenced to a minimum of 18 years in prison. In handing down the sentence, Judge Martin Picton said that Jackson had shown, quote, not a shred of remorse for the murder of David. Judge Martin Picton stated, quote, despite professing to still love him, you sought to portray David Jackson as a murderer. Whilst w- there was no doubt, as in any marriage, points of friction that the lockdown would have exacerbated, I have no doubt that he was nothing like the person you have claimed. You took the life of another human being, and that is a terrible thing to do, and it represents a burden you and all the other family members you will have to bear for the rest of their lives. Their memories of David Jackson will always be tarnished by the manner of his death and by the way you sought to portray him. End quote. Judge Picton stated, quote, Despite professing to still love him, you sought to portray David Jackson as a monster. Whilst there was no doubt, as in any marriage, points of friction that the lockdown would have exacerbated. I have no doubt that he was nothing like the person you have claimed. He took the life of another human being. That is a terrible thing to do and it represents a burden you and all of the other family members will have to bear for the rest of their lives. Their memories of David Jackson will always be tarnished by the manner of his death by the way 
you sought to portray him. End quote. Alright guys, thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of Coffee and Crime with a Military Wife. It is greatly appreciated, you have no idea. Please don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please tell your friends, and if you want to come on the show, please let me know. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, or send me an email at coffeeandcrimewithamilitarywifepod at outlook.com. And I will see you guys next time.